Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Transform Your Life with Kelly and Lisa. I am Kelly. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. <laughs> I was going to say, I know she's here. We were just talking. <laughs> today, today we're, we're kind of continuing our last conversation about the importance of loving yourself. And I really kind of want to tie that in to current events. And, you know, we, we've all seen um, the horrible, horrible things that have happened lately. And, um, you know, just the hate. It's, you know, and, and my personal opinion, and it is only that, is that, we have a bigger issue in this country than gun laws. It, it's the hate. It's, it's the hate. Hate is what's killing people. Whatever method they're using to kill people they, that are different, that they don't agree with, is really kind of irrelevant in my mind because the underlying issue is that someone hated someone else enough to want to kill them. So when we're talking about self-love, and here is how this all ties together is if you love yourself and you truly accept yourself, you really find it impossible to hate anyone else. And I think that's part of self-love that really gets overlooked is the importance not only to ourselves to love and accept ourselves, but the importance to society as a whole that everyone really look inside and love themselves. Because if you really are loving you, you really can't hate anyone else. So that's what we're opening the show with. What do you think, Lisa? I think you're absolutely right. I think if you're coming from a place of pure love, of true love, and, you know, let's talk about love for a moment. Um, The love I have for you, the love I have for my mom, the love I have for my fiancé, the love I have for my children are all different places of love. They're different types of love. They're different parts of love. And so you can love everyone without wanting to be in a romantic relationship with them or without wanting to be, you know, you can love people without knowing them. You really can do that. And, you know, I've had some interesting things. Let me start over, I think. I've had some interesting things happen to me (laughs) in the last week or so. And um, some very vivid dreams, and I thought I was connected back to this person who um, was very, very toxic. We were fire and gasoline. It was, we raged like a hurricane and a tornado. It was just that intense, that crazy and toxic. It really was, and I believe it was toxic for both of us. Um, well, I've been having these dreams, and so I wanted to contact him and to find out about some other things that happened. And I don't want to go into details. It's kind of crazy. So anyway, long story short, <laughs> um, he has been trying to contact me. And I had, like, this kind of, like, visualization, like, kind of I was in and out of sleep. And in my dream, I told him I forgave him. And when I woke up, I was like, you know what? I really do forgive him. The reason that I, I guess that came up was because his sister said, I thought y'all left on really bad terms. They didn't want to have anything to do with him again. And right. I mean, I really don't want to have anything to do with him again, but you know what? I can still forgive him. I can still forgive him and I can still send him love or let's say light. <laughs> if we don't want to call it love, if we're too uncomfortable with that, we can still send positivity towards to people that is coming from a place of love. It doesn't have to come from a place of hate. And I do forgive this guy. Right. So I think that's important to discuss is, the, you know, the different variations of love and that you can still send someone love even if you don't know who they are or even if they've done horrible things to you or horrible things to other people. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I think that's really overlooked and that's a great point that you just brought up is you really can, you know, love love people. And one of the things that, that I saw through social media recently is um, people don't get that 
you, you can love people and disagree with them at the same time. Just because you disagree with someone's lifestyle or you disagree with you know, choices that they make, it doesn't mean you, you can't also love them. And I, I think right. that's um, really, really important for people to get. Unfortunately, there seem to be a lot of people who are very close-minded and, and don't want to even like someone that, they, that is different. And really that's what it comes down right. to, being different. So one of the things that I talk a lot about when I do workshops, um, particularly in um, shelters for people who have you know, either uh, domestic violence or, you know, drug addiction or whatever it is, whatever, however they ended up in the shelters, is you have to teach other people that it's okay to be different. You have to accept yourself if you're different. So how many times do you, have you run across someone who just hated themselves because they were different, because they didn't fit in? And I know I, I kind of went through that myself. So really it does all come back to self-love. If you love and accept yourself enough, you can love and accept someone else for, for being different. And really um, it's our differences. Life, wonderful. You know, it's, it's, um, how, do we, how do we teach people? How do we get people who are so close-minded um, that they won't even consider the possibility of accepting someone else because in my mind that means they don't accept themselves you know the way you treat other people shows people how you treat yourself on the inside it's not necessarily you love yourself but you hate everyone else because I don't think you can really do that but how, how do we how do we get people to kind of start accepting other people we don't but we keep trying <laughs> We do keep trying, and one we of the things trying. that <laughs> – and trying and trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that I think we need to address that kind of in schools, I think when our kids are young, unfortunately, um, many kids don't grow up in a strong, supportive, loving home. So when they Fine. get to school, they already sort of have that – you know, wall around them. Um, I think maybe that's a good place to start is with the young kids and, and teaching them self-love. And how, how do we do that? How do you teach someone to love themselves? I don't you know. know. Where, where does... I, yeah, well, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure. <laughs> um, well, you know, so... it, because it has to start somewhere. So how do we start right. it? maybe a class, you know, like we teach math enough. Why don't we teach, you know, positive reinforcement to yourself even, you know, I'm great. I'm awesome. Let's write down all of your pros. We're not going to worry about the things you can't do because, you know, I think really the shift needs to come from we as a society focus on fixing our our weaknesses, (laughs) Fix your weaknesses. Right. Fix your weaknesses. And there's no there's right. no focus on, well, who cares about my weaknesses? Maybe I kind of need to keep up with them a little bit, but my strengths are pretty doggone awesome. So right. Right. why not just, you know, reshape that fabric to being not so much looking at what's wrong with you, but looking at what's good with you. And find, you know, finding a balance. I think there's a balance that needs to be made. Right. Because, like, if a kid is naturally just mean, we do want to change that behavior. We don't want to focus right. on just all of his positives because we don't want him to continue to be mean. But then again, if we focus on all of his positives and he starts addressing the things that might not be right in his home or whatever, I mean, who knows? Maybe he would stop being mean. I don't, I don't know. Right. Right. You know, one of the things that I read a study, and I can't remember right now where I read it, but it was in a different country. It wasn't in the U.S., um, where a school had done a, uh, a program that they were, they were testing. And they took kids at the beginning of each school year, and they said, um, what is different about you? 
and they got each kid to write down what their what was different about them than their classmates. Okay. And then that is what they focused on. What that's what the teacher focused on teaching to is what was different about them. Because those differences were something that they were seeing. People say the word different and they think somehow it's it's wrong or it's bad. Right. And right. they so they taught these kids that those differences that made them unique from everyone else was their greatest strength, and they taught to that difference for each kid. And I don't know, honestly, that that kind of a program would work in the U.S. because our classroom sizes are so much larger. But what a tremendous concept, and what a wonderful way to teach kids self-love. Because you have to... That is a great way. Yeah, you you have to instill in little people that they should love and and respect and accept themselves. And by focusing on, you know, what makes you different is just wonderful. It's just ter- tremendous. Um I think that's a great way to do it. But you know, again, that was another country. And recently on social media, of course, uh and uh, this is this happened with me personally was on my timeline, I posted something about the, um, you know, prayers go out to the survivors of the Orlando shootings, and right. it unleashed sort of a firestorm. And after that post, I went through and deleted some of the hate speech. And having a difference of opinion, as we were talking before the show, is very different than spewing hate. You know, you can tell right. me respectfully you disagree with me, and that's fine. I respect you. You're right to disagree with me. But when you are outright attacking someone, um, that is when you've crossed the line. So after that happened, I posted something about, um, you know, just unfriend me if if you can't right. be respectful on my timeline because, you know, I I do uh, support the LGBTQ community. And it is horrible that these people were killed. And, you know, we, as a country, we need to do better and we need to stop, you know, promoting the hate speech. And anytime the media puts these people on the air, in my mind, they're promoting that kind of thing because they're, they're giving it attention. And that unleashed a bigger firestorm than the one it was meant to, you know, to rectify. So it really... In my mind, guns don't kill people as much as hate does. If you hate someone enough to want them dead, particularly an entire segment of the population, that is such a deeper problem than what you use to carry out your, your threats. So I would like to find some way of having a discussion about hate, you know, there seem to be right. a lot of a lot of churches who should be teaching love and light and loving your neighbor and accepting and you know spreading the the joy of whatever it is that the church is is teaching. And instead, we seem to have a lot of people who are just spewing hate, and I think that is really ugly, particularly coming from a church. So well, if, you know, if, and we're not saying <laughs> that you can't right. disagree or that you have to like it or accept it, but you don't need right, to say right. death to all gay people. That's not <laughs> that's not coming from right. love. And if you really truly love God, God is love. And therefore, right. if you're saying death to all gays, regardless of your religious stance, you're wrong. You're right. wrong. There, you, you cannot logically argue that you are not wrong. There is no logical argument for you. God is love, period. And so you cannot spew that hatred if you're really coming from a place of God and love. Right. Right. And I, I think somehow, and, and I've, I've had this discussion several times through the years with different people, um, from from various religions, and you know, I always ask the same thing in in your book, whatever it is that that you teach from. 
show me where it says, and anyone who doesn't agree with me, you should go out and kill. Right. And it's, it's, it's not there. <laughs> it isn't there. It may say, you know, unbelievers go to hell or, or they, you know, don't get, you know, 37 virgins in the afterlife, whatever it is. But they don't say, take it into your own hands to go out and kill those who disagree with me. That just isn't in there. So I, I think at some point, you know, there are religious zealots in every religion. You know, every religion, including some of the ones that are supposed to be the most loving and accepting, like paganism and, and Wiccan and, and all of right. these other, the you know, they're all, yes, they're, you know, it's, it's everywhere. But at some point we need to evaluate what it is that we're showing other people about our beliefs, um, as someone who grew up in, in the South, um, you know, the, the, the Southern Baptist Church was the big, you know, that was, they had all the power when I was a kid. And really some of the hate speech, some of the worst hate speech, some of the most you're different so you should die speech that I remember hearing came from some of the churches that I grew up around. And in my mind, it kind of turned me off to that entire religion. Because how can you say that you're, you believe God if your God is telling you to go, up, go forth and spew hate? I just, in my child mind, it didn't make any sense. And I think that like the Muslims today, you know, because there are there is that segment that is the religious zealot segment that is going to extremes and, and spewing hate and killing people and torturing people and taking over entire communities. Um, it's turned a lot of people off to the, the Muslim religion. And one right. of the things that I recently saw on, um, I can't remember which, it may have been, it was either Instagram or Facebook, it was probably Facebook, um, was a video of different people who look entirely different than what I'm sure most of the American population thinks of, you know, your, your typical radical Muslim. Right. They look very different, uh, saying, I am Muslim. And in my mind, it was like, oh, this is a great video. But some of the comments on it were, again, very, very filled with hate. So... I think it Isn't comes Madonna down to self-love. I think so. I, I, I don't know. Is she? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't seriously, know. Madonna. Like, I, I think she's Muslim. I, I don't, don't hold me to that, though. But anyway. Yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> like, know. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't. but the point is it, it has to stop. <laughs> we have to go inside of ourselves and find that, that place of love and light that is in each and every one of us and and let it shine because there's way too much hate in the world. Um, you know, and we, we talked before, we mentioned before about trying to educate. And some people, you can't. But I can tell you one thing, and I've seen it through, uh, through clients and through people that I've known for years. Some of the most closed-minded people, you can chip away at that facade if you say, oh, what absolutely. is wonderful about you? You know, and over time, you know, you, you may not open their mind the first, second, or 57th time that you try, but eventually they do come around, and, and it, you start chipping away at that, and then, you know, a, a beautiful person reveals himself. So I think they have Don't to be stop. open and willing. Yeah, I think they yes. have to be open and willing. And, you yes. know, like somebody deleted me off of Facebook. He was not in any <laughs> state to even logically debate the discussion that we were having. And, and, you know, I've been using this word a lot, logical, logical, logical. We stopped teaching that in, in school, you know, and yeah. there used to be like a reasoning class or something, you know, that, that used to be taught. And, <laughs> You know, I, I think people just need to turn off Fox News, first of all. 
but um, yes, <laughs> any news really. <laughs> they fuel the fire so bad, but yeah. you know, I, I hear the most illogical argument ever. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. If you look in certain books, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It is written. It is revealed in a book called Revelation that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So why inject the end of the world coming to us with, with the hatred? Why not reach out and with the love? Because if you believe that there's a heaven and a hell, why are you wanting to send these people to hell early? Aren't we supposed to be, you know, helping everyone come from a better place so that their afterlife is of the utmost glory, you know, with the, the utopia that we are all trying to reach? So if the world is naturally going to go to hell in a handbasket because it is revealed to us that it's going to go to hell in a handbasket and that all of this stuff is coming – why are you focusing on it so much? Why are you right. concerned that if you know you think that certain communities are going to bring the end of the world here sooner? Because we can't stop the end of the world. So let's reach out and embrace these people that you feel are different and just shed love. Shed, spread, love. Why <laughs> are you coming from a place that really is it's so it's so dark it's so dark it's so disturbing why would you want to come from that place right i'm not saying you have to like the sin i'm air quoting the word sin because y'all can totally see me do that i'm not saying you have to like the sin (laughs) but you know you love the sinner and hate the sin and i'm only using these references because those are references that i know and I know it's easier for people to, whether they're religious or not, and I'm not knocking religion at all. I, I understand it has its place and it, it has its importance. So I'm not knocking religion. But I know these are words that people can understand no matter if they're religious or not. Right. Well, you know, some, sometimes I think um, a lot of people from, from different religions have taken it upon themselves to carry out what they consider to be the will of God. And I always ask them, who made you God? You know, did, did God appear before you and say, you, you, you are the one that is going to um, make these sinners pay? Because I don't think that happened. <laughs> so right. people have, have sort of appointed themselves judge, jury, and executioner in a lot of these right. cases. And in my mind, it says, wow, what an angry, sad person you are, because why yes. would you want that job? Why would you want to have that, that responsibility in the first place? So it really, it really makes me question what their, their lives are like and how I, I always feel bad for them because how miserable must you be to want to be, you know, judge, jury, and executioner of someone. That is, right. that is not something I could even conceive of wanting to do. But um, one of the questions that I got from um, the show that I did earlier today about a similar topic, and it was a good question, so I, I kind of want to do it here. What The question was how if you recognize yourself as being one of those people who is starting to be really, really angry and really, really vengeful, how do you stop it? And I thought, number one, what a, what a wonderful bit of insight that this person had for even asking the question because they're recognizing something. And I think that question applies to not only hate but fear and any other negative emotion that we sometimes feel. And what the way I answered this, this question was what I do, and this is what has worked for me in the past, is we, we talk a lot about mirror work, and this uh-huh. is sort of mirror work. I stand in front of a mirror, and I take a deep breath, and I tell myself, it's going to be okay, just calm down. And right. you can also follow that up with 
people are entitled to be different. People are entitled to live their own lives. It is not my business what anyone else does. You can reinforce in yourself that you're okay. You know, if you love yourself, if you accept yourself, you're going to be a lot more accepting of other people. But I thought that was a really insightful question for someone to ask because the question implies that this person had recognized that within themselves. Right. And what I would encourage anyone who gets caught up in these kinds of things, and I I know um, because I have very dear friends and and family members who are gay, lesbian, transgender, the whole, that whole community is very, very near and dear to my heart. And when I hear about things that happen, it hurts me to my, my, the deepest levels of my soul because right. it, it, is, it is indicative of such hate in our society. So I think if everyone would just take a couple of deep breaths and, and reaffirm that they love themselves, I think we would go a long way to healing society as a whole. I think we have a caller. Let me see if I can get them on. We are having some intermittent technical issues, but I'm hoping this will work. Hello? You are on Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. I I was listening on the phone. I'm I'm, um, very grateful for this because I'm having a hard time doing what you're talking about. I don't know how to do it after a lifetime of being told I was not loved. Right. You know, you are loved, and it starts with loving yourself. I think a lot of people can can identify with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I, I would really encourage you to do some mirror work and and look into your own eyes and tell you that you love yourself because there's an awful lot of love in this world. And you, you can tap into it. You are very deserving. But thank you for, for bringing that up because I think a lot of people um, do identify with that. Most of us, a great deal of people I talk to, especially girls, were brought up by mothers who put you down so much that it's, it's, even, it's hard to just look in the mirror, period. I, I think I mean? everyone starts with that. Yeah, <laughs> it is really hard when you get started. <laughs> but keep doing it because it does get easier. Okay. I, I just want to add something to that really quickly. Um, one way to really love yourself is to forgive your mom. When we were yes. being raised, society was very critical, and women, you have to look back at how she was raised and how her mom and society was and, you know, and it goes back generations and how the women were supposed to shape the women, their children, to be seen and not heard, to be demure, to have their place in society. And, you know, they had to be picture perfect and they had to be Molly housekeeper and, you know, all these different things that shaped one woman to the next. And so forgiving our, our past mothers really helps that process in the self-love and, and accepting yourself and loving yourself is releasing them from the burden because now you are taking responsibility and you want to change mm-hmm. and you want to accept yourself and you want to be loved like you should and deserve to be loved. I will say that about this young generation who photographs themselves every three seconds. They have a lot of self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> that is true <laughs> They have a tremendous amount of self-esteem I will give them that If they just look up and let me see their faces once in a while <laughs> Well and I think that has to do with how our generation is raising our children Because we're not as critical right. to our kids That our past generations have been So we're, we're allowing our children to be more of who they are And figure out who they are And we're allowing and accepting that which and is what we're supposed to do in the first place. So I think that that's why we're seeing the shift. But it's a little. <laughs> I heard them called. <laughs> I heard them called screenagers last night. Oh, funny. <laughs> that yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, that, absolutely. Yep. 
thank you so much for calling in. We we love it yes, when uh, people call in. Thank you for doing this. It's very much appreciated. You're very you're helping everyone. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. It's very sweet. <laughs> and we love you. We don't know you, but we do love you. We send out love and light to the entire planet. So you are loved, even if you don't know the people who love you. Absolutely, and I I think that opens up a really really interesting um you know conversation that she just brought up is um, and and you said the same thing it's it's we were not raised to love ourselves and you have many many generations of people who were not raised to love themselves and then all of a sudden you're you're watching news and you're being fed the steady diet from the media about everything that's wrong in the world. And I think that kind of culminates in some of the horrific hate crimes that we see today is because there has been an, an amazing lack of, uh, of self-love. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, a really great conversation and uh, one that we, we probably need to have more often than we do. Yes. I agree. I agree. And I said earlier, oh, go ahead. (laughs) No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Actually, I kind of flipped my mind, so keep going. (laughs) No, (laughs) sorry. No, what what I was going to say is how we we do need to have these conversations about self-love. So how would you tell someone to start loving themselves. Now, I always go back to mirror work because I found that the quickest and most effective thing that I did for myself. But different you know, things work I love for different people. Too. Yeah, I, I love mirror work too, and I actually have messages. I say this all the time. I have messages that I make myself read and on, on mirrors. I, I have several mirrors in my home, and so, um, you know, they're written there, and I get to read them. I even did one time, I wrote on my, <laughs> the mirror, the, the rear view mirror in the car, I even wrote a message to myself on that one. So, like, you always see them. Affirmations, we talk about walking around with cards mm-hmm. that you can read. Like, if you're at a stop sign, you can flip them out real or stop light, I guess. You can flip them out real quick and, and read them. Um, I was just in conversation with somebody yesterday who was very, very anxious. Anxiety was really, really high. And... I told her to meditate, and she's like, I can't stop the chatter. You know, I can't relax enough, and I, I said what I do. Um, I, there are different methods of meditation, and I think people don't understand that, but there's actually like seven different types of meditation. Right. And if you can't stop the chatter, don't stop the chatter. Listen to the chatter. Right. Listen to the noise in your head. Listen to all those thoughts that are flying around. Because somewhere in those thoughts is what you need to hear. And if you can't zone all of it out and focus on one sole thing to let that thought come to you that you need to hear, then don't stop it. Let it go. Let all of it, just let that train run, you know. That's a method. Um, and actually that's, that's one that most people need to start off with so they can kind of understand meditation and feel what meditation is like. And then move to the I – have, I have an air conditioner in my room. It's one of those stand-up air conditioners. It's not the one in the, in the window. And it lets off this low hum, and it's constantly running. And I focus on that because I can't stop the noise in my head either. I can't imagine that flame that doesn't move. I can't imagine that single leaf <laughs> on a branch that's not supposed to, you know, uh, move in the wind. I can't do that. <laughs> I am not at that point yet. So I focus on the air conditioner. And it really pulls me in. I focus on the air conditioner, and I tell myself to relax. And next thing you know, I'm in meditation. I'm in my Zen mode, and I'm like, "Whoo, I love this!" Right. So, I mean, there's different ways to do it. I like meditation. Well, one of the oh. things, one of the conversations I recently had with a friend of mine, who is a very I, hyper, for lack of a better term, individual. Um, this is someone who doesn't really stop moving for very long at all. 
and they were telling me I can't meditate because I have to keep moving. So keep moving. You know, that is also a form of meditation. Often when something is really bothering me, I go for a walk and I just go for a walk and I just zone out and next thing you know, I'm in a Zen mode and I'm just feeling much, much, much better. So I think people do have a um, really, really deep misconception about what meditation is. Uh, There are many, many different ways to meditate and everyone is different. So find what works for you. Sometimes repeating a mantra. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's a runner's high. That is exactly what meditation is, you know? And yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. I just wanted to yeah. Uh, no, no, that's that's but that's a very valid point. That is exactly what meditation is. And I I achieve that hiking frequently. Right. Um, but other people do in, in different different ways. Um, I know people who dance like the and they, they achieve that. Yeah. Mm, or play music or paint. Painting, you can meditate in painting. I think you and I have a, a mutual friend who is an amazing artist. She's here in right. Texas, not the one that we know in California or Canada, the one that's <laughs> here in Texas. And she's an amazing artist, and that's her meditative. Like, she just yeah. listens to, she's such a beautiful soul. She listens to the music and just starts getting those paintbrushes and just to go in. And I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. You know, so yeah. there are so many ways. I like to garden, and when I'm really out there digging in the dirt and whatnot, then I, I find that I can go into a meditative state. And it's really where you're just like, you're not thinking of anything. You're just kind of doing. You know, it, you're like a robot. You're just kind of doing. And this is going to sound crazy. I connect to the earth um, because mm-hmm. that's kind of my, uh, what, you know, we all have that certain aspect of what are we earth, wind, air, or whatnot, fire. And my personality is totally earth. I love being out in, in nature and whatnot. So for me, it's easier if I go and lay in my grass and meditate than if I sit on my bed and meditate. Right. Right. So if you have a connection to a certain element, like if you like water, then you need to run your faucet or, you know, sit in your bathroom and run your faucet and meditate. And you don't have to be in the position where your legs are crossed and you're touching fingertips to fingertips meditate if that's not comfortable for you at the moment then you don't have to do that either you can be in in, in a laying position or whatnot sit in a comfy chair you know your big oversized rocking chair or whatever I don't know you can you don't have to be in that state you know some people even meditate when they're driving down the road and you don't know that you just meditated but you're like how did I get here because you're on autopilot and so you're right, like, that's a little bit scary. We don't recommend that. It is scary. <laughs> you know, but like, I've noticed sometimes, like, I kind of like time warp. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, where was I? Right, and I'm, right. I'm still very conscious of what's going on, you know, but then I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, you know, and it, it's not like I intend to do it, but, you know, there's so many different. I don't recommend, like Kelly said, do not operate heavy machinery or drive while right. you are meditating. <laughs> don't do it, it's dangerous. But, you know, seriously, if you connect to certain elements, you know, if if water is your thing, go to, you know, run your faucet, there's your connection to your water. And I know that sounds weird and woo-woo and all that stuff, but I think it could be beneficial. But But it works. It does work. You have to find out what works for you. One of the things that I, I tell people who like to move is um, if you're going for a walk, repeat a mantra to yourself. Um, one of my coaching clients is um, working on a, I can't remember what the term is, but it's that fear when you're afraid to leave your house, afraid of other people, whatever that term is. Yes, I know there is yes, one. Yes. Um, and there, this, this person has been working on this for a long time. And one of the things that they've started doing is I am at ease outside. I am at ease outside and walk around the inside of the house because this is a process, people, 
and just repeat that right. mantra. And at the end of the first week, they were able to go outside of their house and go for a walk down the street. And it was just down the street because they had to keep seeing their house. They had, they had to be within eye shot of the house. But after about a month, it was around the block. And then after another week, it was, you know, walking further. And you have to start from wherever you are. We were talking earlier with a caller about loving yourself. And part, a big, big, big piece of loving yourself is accepting your flaws, <laughs> accepting uh-huh. yourself exactly as you are. You know, you, you, we talk a lot about accepting yourself as you are. And, you know, that, that kind of brings up the always, always, every time I say that, somebody says, well, if I accept myself as I am, how am I going to improve or how, am I, how is my life going to get better? Because when you start down that path, of accepting yourself as you are and loving yourself as you are, you naturally want to take better care of yourself. You know, I talked about it in my book that um, when I started really accepting myself as I was and loving myself as I was, all of a sudden, like, weeks went by and I went out to lunch with a friend and they went, oh, my God, you're eating healthy. How did that happen? Because I had just naturally started taking better care of myself. And that's what happens. I mean, it's just when you accept yourself as you are and you love yourself as you are, you want to take better care of yourself. Have you ever had something that you really, really loved? You know, whether it was a, a stuffed animal or a car or even a pet. If, you, if there's something in your life that you really, really love, don't you want to take the best care of it? Yes. You know, so that, that, that goes with loving yourself as well. When, you're, when you really love yourself, you take better care of yourself. And next thing you know, you're looking back five years down the road and you're going, wow, how did that happen? But it does. It, it's just I a natural progression. I have two things I want to say. <laughs> Only two? Wow. I want to say. <laughs> Only two. Well, the first one is we're talking about mirror work. Now, let me tell you how hard it is to look in the mirror. And tell yourself you love yourself. You're going to notice that you probably can't even look yourself in the eyes and say it. And right. that's okay. I was silly with myself. I would pretend yes. that I was like some runway model. And I'd be like, oh, look at how beautiful you are. Oh, I love you. Oh, And I would do like all these crazy poses to help with the comfort level of looking at myself. Right. I would blow myself kisses. I wouldn't say I love you. I would just blow myself kisses because – it was difficult. Right. I built up to the, right. you know, I love you. I was silly about it. And for me, that connected. It connected for me to be silly in the mirror. Oh, I love you. Look at how beautiful you are. You know, work it, girl. We're going to take lots of selfies, you know, or whatever. Like That's kind of kind of right. how I evolved to now I can look at myself and tell myself I love myself all day long. I don't even have to look at myself anymore. I know that I love myself. That was the first thing that I wanted to say. The second thing I want to say is, for example, you can't be skinny if you keep having fat days. You, and I'm not saying this in that we're talking about change and we're talking about self-love and accepting your flaws. You can't have the days that you want if you keep focusing on the stuff that you don't. Right, right. You you can't be skinny if you keep looking in the mirror and saying that you're fat or that you're not liking your outfit because it shows this role or your thighs rub together too much and you're about to start a campfire. You can't you can't have what you want if you keep focusing on what you don't want. And that is still true with self love. Absolutely. It so absolutely that was, is that true. That's an easier example using the whole fat skinny thing than and I, I hate those words, but healthy, unhealthy, sorry. And, right. you know, that was a little easier to explain than the whole self-love, non-self-love aspect. So just remember right. that, you know, that that's so true. And I know I'm not saying that life is perfect for me and that I walk around in, like, this cloud state all of the time. There are days where I'll put on a shirt and I'm like, nope, I can't do this shirt right now. Because if I feel that way in that shirt in that moment, I'll change my shirt because I don't want that feeling to carry with me all the time. Right. I don't want to keep tugging on my clothes or trying to hide my flaws because I'm focusing on those. And I don't want to focus right. on what's wrong with me. I want to focus on what's right with me. 
Absolutely. You know, mindset is so important, um, not only in making change, but in, in just accepting and loving yourself as you are. You know, you, you have to have that, that positive mindset, that, that growth mindset that says, I am, I am wonderful and perfect exactly the way I am. And if I choose to make changes to make my life better, I can make those changes easily. We, I want to say something about um, the difference between self-talk and affirmations because it seems to be kind of a confusing point with people. When you're talking about an affirmation, you want to make it present tense. It needs to be positive. It needs to be forceful. You know, it, it needs to be something that is now. This is right now. This is who I am right now. This is what I'm doing right now. Um, one of the things, I, I own a real estate company, among other things, and one of the things that I give my agents is I am successful. And I give that. We, we actually, uh, we don't so much anymore, but we used to have a regular five minutes at the beginning of every day where it was just your turn off your phone or put it on silent, don't answer the phone if it rings, don't, you're not working, you're just contemplating I am successful. And what does that mean to you? You know, an affirmation has to mean something to you. Self-talk is that stuff that we do all the time, that chatter in your mind that, oh, I wish I'd said this, or, oh, I wish I'd done, oh, if I should have, would have, that should have, would have, could have. That's the self-talk most of us have. Turn your self-talk around. When you say, I should have done this, I made the decision that was right for me at the time. You just turn it around. You know, anytime you, you find yourself talking to yourself negatively, turn it around. Now, self-talk doesn't have to be as forceful as an affirmation, mostly because when, when you're engaging in that self-talk, you're really kind of learning about who you are. You're really kind of learning about where your blocks are. You're really kind of learning about what you need to fix, you know, what, what you need to address when you're, when you're engaging in self-talk. So if you catch yourself saying to yourself, oh, that was horrible, re reframe it. You know, that was the best I could do at the time. I'll do better next time. Oh, and when you're that. saying that, that in, in a, a self-talk mode, it doesn't have to be, I am perfect. You know, it doesn't have to be like an affirmation. Self-talk is having a conversation with yourself. And we all do yes. it all I the time. That. So I wanted to make we that point really because I do get a lot of conversation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for but, making that uh, clarification too. Well, I, I think <laughs> it's something that trips up a lot of people. So that's, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Well, that goes back to that mindset concept. When you talk to right. yourself and say, I made the decision that was best for me or I did the best that I could, tomorrow I'll be better. You know, um, it really starts to change you. It really, really does. It's amazing yes, it does. The, the difference. And, you know, we're trying to teach our children about loving themselves and accepting themselves and whatnot. And it's hard if you can't do it yourself, to, you know, if you can't love right. yourself. It's hard to give other people love, too. And, I, you know, I've noticed in the past few years the relationship with my children has changed. Because my mindset about myself has changed. And it, it's just been a wonderful journey. I need to write a book. It's been a wonderful journey. And, and I'm so yeah, looking publisher. forward to the rest of it. You know? <laughs> right? I do, too. Coincidence. <laughs> I am. You know, it's, it's, and I'm really looking forward to the rest of it. I, I know things are going to be amazing for both of us. And I'm, I'm really just still looking forward to when I was in a philosophy class in college, there are ideals. There is the ideal mm -hmm. with an L of beauty, of perfection, of, you know, health and wellness and all this stuff. And if we are journeying to those ideals, we don't ever get there. But it's the journey right. to them, you know. And so I have to look at 
I'm going to be as perfect as I allow myself to be and I accept myself to be. Am I reaching that philosophical ideal of perfection? Probably not, but I can still accept myself in that reference. Right. In that frame, you know, and so I'm really looking forward to the journey. And, you know, just hang in there, people. It really, hang in there. You, it will get better. If you determine that it's going to get better, it will get better. It will. It will, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And we have a few minutes left. I want to remind everyone listening, we have launched our new program. The website is getrightwithyourself.com. Our first program on that site is Get Right With Your Health. Please check it out. It's all about how important mindset is in getting healthy. And it doesn't matter if you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, just get off of prescription medications. Whatever it is that you need to do for your health journey, this program will help you. It comes straight from our own personal experiences. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful program. I hope you guys all check it out. We also are still looking for some co-authors. We still have some room for a few more co-authors for the upcoming compilation book on domestic violence. If you have a domestic violence story that you would like to share, you don't have to write it under your own name. You can write it under whatever name you choose. It doesn't matter. If you know someone who has a story to share, please share the information get in touch with either myself or Lisa. You can do that through this show. You can do that through our websites. You can find us on Facebook. And that's, uh, I think, everything that I had to add to that. If any final words for the show today? No, I don't. Just hang in there. Contact us. Yeah, hang in there. Yep, and reach out to us if you need to. We love hearing from listeners. We love talking to people, so feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, caller, who called in today. Uh, Much love to you. You are loved. And, uh, you know, let us know if there's anything we can do to help you. Thank you guys for listening as always. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Bye now. Bye, everyone.